Hello. Hello. Long time no see. Welcome to the Zombie Fishbowl, um, a podcast about random shit. With me, as always, is Melanie, all the way over in the USA. Say hello, Melanie. Hello. And it is I, your master, Danielle, in uh, the UK. Um, that's the intro. <laughs> yes, master. How are you, Melanie? I'm good. I'm sleepy. Daylight savings time can suck a dick. Oh, yes. Yes. It's Mother's Day here and it's daylight savings for you. And then we have daylight savings later and it'll be Mother's Day for you later as well. So because Mother's Day is April, is it not? I have no idea. As a mother, I should know this. I don't know. May. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Turner said April. I said May, but I don't really know or care. (laughs) So. <laughs> I think it's one of those things that's like on the 13th week of the year or something, so it can fall anytime. But yeah. I could just be totally making that up, so. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's in April. There, there, there was an attempt to Google, and then I think we've both just gone, who, who cares? Do we care? No. No. Not I much. don't care much for Hallmark holidays. But I think this year it's kind of um, more annoying than usual because there's like a lot of stuff going on over here at the moment to do with um, women's rights and such things, which yeah, I, I, yeah. I genuinely will not go into right now because I that's why I'm drinking. So to anybody listening, um, I'm drinking wine um, as we record. And so every so often you may hear some fun sound effects like... I didn't pay for them sounds. Them sounds are real. So I'm drinking wine out of a teacup. Oh, yes. I've got my teacup. So I might get progressively drunker as this goes along, but I think that can only mean good things. (laughs) I wish I could get drunk at 9.30 in the morning. Do you? Sometimes. (laughs) I feel like it's, it's like, yeah, even I'm not really in the mood to be drunk that early in the morning, so... I'm not even in the mood to eat yet. Yeah, I just wish I could drink with you. Really, I think is what it is. Yeah, I think that's probably it. You wanna, you wanna have a glass of this, um, Libertad Vino Tito from Finca, wherever that is. I, I don't do wine. I do whiskey. Oh yeah. <laughs> do you have any old dates, Melanie? Uh, no, not so much. I mean, it looks like we're kind of doing an episode a month at the moment. Um, I'm sure we'll pick this back up and, and get more into uh, more frequent episodes at some point. But yeah, it, it just seems to be our, our role lately is kind of just one a month. And, and I'm thinking that's kind of working for right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I agree. It, it means that we're always sort of working towards an episode coming out, but we're not under some kind of intense pressure to do it all very quickly and turn it around. Yeah. Also means that I'm not under pressure to turn around the editing really quickly as well. So I've got a little bit of time to, to edit each time. And, yeah. you know, not that I do a smashing job of uh, quality edits, but it is significantly shorter by the time it goes out <laughs> than the actual chat itself. So I have heard stories, though, that some people do like three hour chats like yeah. three to four hours talking of content and then edit it down to an hour. And I think that's rough, man. That's yeah. rough. 
uh, we usually do about two hours and a bit talking, edited down to between an hour and 15 to an hour and 30. Yeah, so, um, but yeah, now that's a good thing to mention to people. I think that that seems to have been pretty consistent since we came back in the new year. Yeah. And, and again, you know, throw that pressure on us and we will deliver. But if you ain't throwing pressure at us, we're just going to be like, well, we'll do it on our own time because this is something we like to do. And if nobody else is really like pushing us on it, we will do it when we do it. Also, I feel like saying I haven't run this by Melanie yet, but um, I'm sure she'll agree with me. If someone contacted us like at the moment with a request, we'd probably just do the request without question. Oh, so, totally. Yeah. So if you if you've put a request in before and we've not done it, or we have done other ones of your requests, but not and um, not others or whatever. But if you get back in contact with us and say I'd really like to hear you guys stuff like do this. Um, then, you know, we will prioritize and do it because we want to make you happy. That's exactly. pretty much what we live for. <laughs> <laughs> we live for the opportunity to record this with each other and have this moment together. But, yeah, I mean, we ultimately want to give you a product you enjoy. And yes. if there's something you want, we want to give it to you. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, external validation is always a very good motivator. Yeah, please love us. Mm. <laughs> we were bullied in school. <laughs> oh my god accurate <laughs> <laughs> why didn't they love us why didn't they love us then all right, all right. Updates. Uh, that was updates now we just need to do a thing <laughs> <laughs> i have too many things but maybe today i could just say after three years of owning um the cell phone i have um smashed it i have smashed the screen and i am absolutely heartbroken because i had managed to go the entire time having this phone and not damaging the screen and uh -huh. i damaged it by bending over to pick up a piece of litter i was doing a good deed <laughs> Because it was super windy outside, there was a big bag of crisps being blown around. So not like a personal bag, but like one of the jumbo bags that you get individual bags within. Ah, yeah. And it had, it had come, come up against a curb. And I thought, oh, easy. I'll be able to get that. So I went to grab it and out fell not just my phone, but loads of things out of my bag. Because I forgot that I wasn't really in a good baggage position to bend yeah. over um and loads of things fell out including like my e-cig and stuff like that of my uh my phone and smashed the corner so it's it's like shards of glass um nice. and it's cracking onto the screen i i'm getting it repaired but it is a pain in the ass and it was you know you're like mortified when you, you crack your screen aren't you yeah. it ruins your day it's it's like you've just killed something. Yeah. 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 Like stepped on a snail. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 It just kind of fucks you up for a bit. Yeah. I, I get that sort of connection. Yeah. I couldn't not talk about it for the entire night. <laughs> I was just like really distraught. And it ruined like my mood for sure. And I was like, and I did it doing a good deed. Like... <laughs> 
I should have just left the packet blowing in the wind. No, you wouldn't have done that. It's not your nature. No. Yeah. I I don't really have a thing so much. I mean, there's so many things, but I want to try and avoid, uh, you know, the big topics that everybody's sort of feeling right now, and I want to sort of avoid political stuff. Um, oh, 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 okay. This may be like a real small dumb thing is uh, to anybody out there that thinks that anyone has canceled Dr. Seuss, please actually read... <laughs> Read the actual story of what's happening. Realize that it is its own estate making that decision on their own. That the cat in the hat and green eggs and ham and everything else is totally fine. And you can still read them. They're still going to be in print. And and just if you're really upset about Dr. Seuss, then you are just showing how ignorant you are. That's it. That's all I got to say. <sighs> all right. So that, that's my thing. Not that we're political or anything. Yeah, yeah. I'm just... I'm I'm anti stupidity. You know, that's that's really what it comes down to. And if you can't actually read an actual article on this thing that you're so frenzied about, then you are stupid. Mm. That's 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 it. That's my that's my thing. And by the way, reading the first paragraph doesn't count as reading yeah. the article. You have to Girl, read it all the way to the bottom. Yeah, and these articles I'm telling you like three paragraphs long. You can do it. It's not that bad. <laughs> There's a treat at the bottom of the article. Everybody who reads all articles get a special prize. <laughs> right? <laughs> to, to quote uh, Philip DeFranco, don't be stupid, stupid. I thought I was going to say, Melanie, have you got a Dr. Seuss quote for this? Because that would be <laughs> fucking perfect. <laughs> to quote Dr. Seuss. Oh, I wish I, I wish I had been uh, really thought that far ahead, but I really didn't. <laughs> so let us breathe in the knowledge that doing good things is still doing a good thing <laughs> and let us breathe out the frustrations of of broken technology and broken people and uh let's do our breath one two three <sighs> i really needed to breathe that out actually so that felt good I've been choking on it for like a week. Yeah. I do feel like there's a lump that's gone from inside my chest. Oh, good. Yeah, we should then... breathe out all the other stuff that's bothering you, but you know. <laughs> yeah, we can. Now, we can only mask it with delicious tannins. 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 <laughs> so, anyway, I do apologize, but I realize that. Um, all I've eaten today was a bacon, well, fake bacon, um, like BLT at about noon. Ah. So for almost five hours ago, and I'm two glasses in, or I should say two cups. <laughs> so this might get amusing very quickly. Yeah, so Danielle's going to be funny. <laughs> I've got I've got the wine sweats already. Anyway. All right. I feel good. So who cares? So, Melanie, what was our topic this week? Our topic this week was paranormal television. And I think more specifically in the ghost hunting or ghosty realm of uh, paranormal television. Is that correct? Yes. yes. All right. So, paranormal TV. 
What exactly do we mean? What are we talking about here? In talking about paranormal television, we are speaking specifically of TV shows featuring the hunting or attempted documentation of spirits, ghosts, poltergeists, cryptids, and aliens. And for the sake of a more succinct episode, I think we are covering specifically ghost hunting or ghost shows. TV shows that involve one or more people walking through locations believed to be haunted with with specially designed tools to try and prove the existence of ghosts. One of my favorite things to hate watch. Mm. Now, Contacting the deceased is something we humans have been doing for a long time. Contacting the dead through mediumship and meditation is a practice believed to go back to the third century. And it's not hard to believe that this is fact. As humans, instinctively, we have this need to communicate with energies outside of ourselves, gods, angels, spirits of loved ones, spirits or energies that are superstitiously thought to be doing us harm. In 1848, the Fox sisters, Kate and Margareta Fox, ages 11 and 14 at the time, from New York, said that they had contacted a spirit called Charles B. Rosna, believed to have been murdered in their house some five years previous. They used a method called tiptology, which, which evolved into a dozen other things, but originally was basically the tilting of tables and the rapping sounds to divine the intention and message of the deceased. In the cellar, they found what appeared to be pieces of human bone, so they believed that they had truly contacted the spirit of Charles B. Rosna. But nothing was ever truly proven, and that in itself was enough to give these kids a sense of purpose. With their older sister Leia taking control and managing them in 1849, the Fox sisters demonstrated their spiritualist wrappings at the Corinthian Hall in Rochester, New York. Why do I mention this? I mention this because this would be the first demonstration of spiritualism held before a paying audience and kicked off a long history of talking to ghosts for profit, entertainment, and to the public. Now, it did come to light that they were faking everything, and they died young in abject poverty. And I would love to do an episode of spiritualism and dive a bit more into their story because it is fascinating. But I mention this mainly because uh, to sort of demonstrate what I believe to be the birthplace of shows like Ghost Adventurers, Ghost Hunters, and more. The passion for contacting the dead never waned. Even in the face of obvious hoaxes, the need to believe that we could communicate or find proof of ghosts is and probably always will be stronger than our need to prove aliens exist. To prove the existence of ghosts would be proving that our souls are real and validate faiths around the world. Now, as far as paranormal television goes, it's hard to pick down the first ever ghost hunting show, but I think I figured out with my maximum of whopping 12 total hours trying to nail it down to this one thing, which is not full. I'll get to it. In 1977, there was a show occasionally hosted by Leonard Nimoy called In Search Of. Now, this show had a different theme every week like some podcasts I know of. Aliens, mysterious deaths, you know, mysterious, mysterious mystery type thing. And in one particular episode, they featured a renowned parapsychologist, Hans Horser, an Austrian-American author who wrote over 120 books on the supernatural and occult. Using no other tools than a microphone, he went to a small fishing village to investigate rumors of a haunting. Now, this episode had all the makings of the format that TV shows would use for decades after, as far as ghost investigation goes. It's actually pretty fun. Hans Holzer is also really cool. Not only is he a prolific author on the subject of ghosts and the afterlife, but he also taught parapsychology at the New York Institute of Technology. He is believed to be the man who coined the term ghost hunter and other side in reference to where the ghosts are in relation to us. He investigated the Amityville house and faced criticism for a long time for his use of mediums and psychics on his investigations. Now, just a little aside here, I love parapsychologists. I grew up wanting to be a parapsychologist. Um, 
And I just always will. You can talk shit about Ed and Lorraine Warren all you want, but my heart will always beat a little faster when talking about them. Anyway, so that's my sort of definition and background, and you're welcome. Thank, thank, thank you. Thank you, Melanie. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so um, I'm sure everybody has some kind of um, opinion on ghost hunting television for oh, sure yeah. um i love that you said like hate watch because that's basically what it is because back back when i first started watching paranormal television i was more um relaxed well not necessarily persuadable but less less uptight about my entertainment i think that i was a i had i asked less of things um, I could watch things superficially. I could just be entertained by things, and I didn't think too critically about anything. And yeah. So if you think about the sort of early two thousands, whatever, when they're all sort of coming out, it's a uh, it's it's a, a time when it not really that fussed and actually quite fun television. Mm-hmm. I think that as it's evolved, it's become a monster. And you can go back now and look at the older television shows and kind of critique them, but they are still more fun. Whereas now I think that they are purporting to be a lot more serious than they are. I think that they're they're dangerous in there trying to convince people that what they're doing is real, which is why I think um, some of it is quite abhorrent i don't know how many of these shows that you go into in your sort of back like your portion but i have to say that i really think american ghost hunting shows are the shittest most (laughs) abhorrent horrible things i mean beyond i think the only other kinds of shows that i find more obnoxious than the ghost hunting shows are like the like auction shows where they like go to um like storage facilities and 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 oh, buy people's yeah, yeah. Sto- like storage wars or something is it called yeah. and things like that where people go to like sell antiques and things and like try to buy things off people for like more less money than they're worth and all that sort of stuff that sort of television is is only marginally worse than today's culture of ghost hunting television i tried to watch one i'm sure you're probably going to talk about it where the like lead guy is like is he looks like he should be like the lead singer of a band from the early 2000s he's got like spiky black hair and he thinks he's hot shit oh yeah yeah yeah. oh yeah you know who i'm talking about here okay so i don't know what shows i think i've watched one episode of it maybe didn't even get to the end of it where he's literally cursing out like child ghosts like, this that place is... is supposed to be haunted by children. And he's like, come on, you fucking cowards. Yeah. You're not going to show yourselves? And I was like, right, I can't watch yeah. this. So that show is Ghost Hunter, or Ghost Adventures. Ugh. And um, that guy, I like to coin him as sort of the Chris Angel of Ghost Hunters. Yeah, his, name, yeah. his name is Zach Bagans, and he is a piece Zach. of garbage. Yeah. Oh man, I could watch him all day. I yeah, I love hate watching that show. He's, he's okay. such a piece of shit. Okay, okay. So before before I like go off and like reveal all the things that you're gonna talk about, do you wanna go first? 
<laughs> uh, really, I just I just want to have a conversation about shit. So you have an actual thing to talk about, so you should go first. Oh, well, okay, sure. I think maybe chronologically it makes sense for me to go first because... Yeah, it really does. It does. The show that I'm going to talk about is from 1992, which might actually be a lot earlier than you were expecting, listener. Like, there's no ghost shows from 1992. And you're right. There weren't any ghost paranormal ghost... Oh, I'm sorry about the wine burps. I really am sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You'd be right in thinking that there weren't any um, ghost haunting shows on in 1992, because there weren't. So arguably, this program that I'm going to talk about, actually not arguably, pretty much definitely, this sh- this this film that I'm going to talk about is the inspiration for British ghost haunting television, as you know it now, with the infrared cameras, or, you know, like the night vision cameras, and the did you hear that's, and all that sort of stuff. That kind of you know, paranormal investigators. Obviously, the concept has been around, and Melanie managed to find one with Leonard Nimoy, which makes me all kinds of happy. And also, right. you know, Ghostbusters was in the 80s. People were already, this is a concept. People knew what parapsychology was. Um, the Amityville, like you said, there's the Poltergeist, the movie. With People know what it is, but that format hadn't been taken to television yet. Really, it kind of was in cinema, and it was a a genre that was still very much rooted in um, you pay your money to go get scared, and you go to the cinema, and you're entering a contract to watch fictional ghost hunting. Yeah, you, you know, know it's, it's fictional. Yeah, you know it's fictional. No one's doing like live vigils on the in, on on the television. I will get into this program. Some people who are real aficionados will know what I'm talking about, especially since I'm um, saying it's here in Britain. But the show is called Ghost Watch. Um, and I say show because it was a television movie, but it was it was it is a film. It's an hour and a half long, maybe about an hour and forty minutes. Um, so. It, it's technically a film, but it is broadcast as if it is a live event in which yeah. a a crew of people who you know and recognise are inside the most haunted house in Britain in the hopes that they will record or um, detect some evidence of this ghost. And the story unfolds between the studio which is being manned by uh, Michael Parkinson, or Parky, who is probably, arguably, the most famous broadcaster in British history, at least one of them. Um, And he's in the studio heading the whole thing, giving the whole thing this air of legitimacy and uh, just, you know, real real reality to it. There's other cast members as well, but we'll get into that in just a minute. So I'm just going to set the scene a little bit for you before we we start. Leading up to this broadcast being shown, there was quite a lot of publicity about it. So let's not just say that it came out of nowhere. In fact, the writer wanted to take his name off of the credits because they'd already spoiled it by the time, before it even aired. The, The whole shebang had been spoiled. Because the BBC was 
promoting it as a film, as a drama. Okay. Yeah. Now, that said, it it, it, it appears to... In, <laughs> you will quickly find out that, that uh, just because they thought they were doing a good job promoting it doesn't mean they did a good job promoting it. Yeah. Before the film starts, there's a brief continuity slide that says, this is from the drama department of the BBC, and you're about to watch a piece of fiction. And that was that was at 9.25pm Halloween night, 1992. If you did not catch the beginning of this broadcast, there is no other point until the programme finishes and the credits have finished rolling that it says, what a great film or piece of fiction that was, right? Yeah. So the only point within the whole thing. However, if you had a Radio Times, you could have looked at the Radio Times and the Radio Times will have shown you the running time, the cast list, the writer, all those things, and also tell you it was a piece of drama. But yeah. not everybody buys the Radio Times. That's kind of like uh, TV... TV Guide. The TV Guide, yeah. Yeah. So as far as everybody's concerned... They're tuning in around half past nine and they're seeing Michael Parkinson, totally legit news broadcaster, entertainment broadcast, you know, broadcaster. He does a lot of interviews, Parkinson. He's known, yeah. he's known as Parky. Oh, <laughs> so chummy, Parky. Anyway, um, and there's also this um, uh, another the cast of further broadcasters called Sarah Green, who is was quite famous on children's television children's television this comes back later remember that sarah green mike smith okay. her actual real life husband is also a presenter on the show and craig charles who you'll know as um rumor from oh yeah red, yeah, dwarf. yeah red dwarf it is rumor right the main guy yeah yes i'm no. having weird doubts lister Lister, oh my god, I'm so sorry. I, I just want to say that I'm half a bottle of wine in. <laughs> Lister. Craig Charles, who was most famous as Lister from Red Dwarf, but he ha- he has gone on to be famous for other things in the UK, but um, I think to American audiences, like that's his pretty much most famous role, if they even yeah. know what that is. And he's kind of like the comic relief reporter. In fact, he plays a character who's kind of a bit of a dick, so it was quite risky for Craig Charles to be portraying himself in this way. He's, he comes across really badly in the yeah. show. Yeah, well, so he's he's like playing himself? He's playing himself as Craig Charles. Nice. Um, all these people are playing themselves. So they're playing themselves as re- like, like like they're presenting the show. So Sarah Green is going to be the kind of um, sympathetic motherly character to this family. So the family that are in um, this most haunted house in Britain that they're going to be investigating. Mike Smith is heading the phone lines that are in the studio. So they've encouraged the public to call in while they're watching the show in case they see anything on the cameras. Yeah. All in and say, I saw something, all with their own personal ghost stories. And then uh, Craig Charles is kind of like the go between. So Craig Charles's character is interviewing everyone out front of the house, the, ca- the, the crew that are filming it, the public that are supposedly outside watching the whole thing unfold because they've got people behind barriers as if they are really in a place where they've promoted that they're going to be there doing this, vi- this, this ghost hunt. 
So it all takes place in a house at Fox Hill Drive, which is a completely fictional place. And this family of a, a single mother and two children, female children. So one of them is a um, pubescent teenager. And one is a slightly younger, probably about 11 or 12 female, and they share a bedroom. And it sort of it parallels uh, the infamous, oh gosh, I can't remember the name of the, the haunting now, but there was a haunting, a, a real life poltergeist event, um, haunting where the girls were like pulled out of bed and stuff like that, but it came out later that it was possibly, is it Remington? No, no, never mind. Remington places where people were murdered. Ignore me. <laughs> I'm mixing up myself, but it's sort of kind of roughly based on this story that was uh, a quote true story. So it's already rooted in a very um, real place yeah. uh, as far as people are concerned, because people will know about this real paranormal story. Hi there, future Danielle here. The event that I'm trying to get out that I can't seem to remember the name of is the Enfield Poltergeist, which was the claim of a supernatural activity at 284 Green Street, a council house in Brinsdown, Enfield, London. Uh, between 1977 and 1979, involving two sisters aged ever 11 and 14. Uh, it's quite an infamous case. I recommend you give it a Google. Anyway, that's me done. Back to the story. Anyway, they. How do I? So how do I describe this? So, um, there's the crew that are in the house, and then there's the the people in the studio. With Ma- Michael Parkinson is a a parapsychologist who you are meant to believe is a real parapsychologist who has been working with this family for eight months, and she's in the studio with Parky, and um, Sarah is the only one. Um, Sarah's inside the house with the kids and the mum. Uh, Craig Charles is outside the house with the public trying to do a little go between and uh, Mike Smith, uh, Sarah's husband is manning the phones, right? So that's where everybody's set up. Through the course of the uh, story, you get um, more and more and more of the, the ghost story itself. But th- the reason why I'm being so guarded is because I want Melanie to see this film after we're done. And oh yeah, I, I'm excited. <laughs> I don't want to spoil it. And I don't want to spoil spoil it for you guys either. So I'm I'm being deliberately vague. So if you're thinking like why is she not just telling us the story? It's because I don't want to spoil it for you. There are going to be spoilers. I probably should have put that up. I'll I'll put it up on the description of the podcast when it gets put up that there there are yeah. spoilers. But I do try to avoid very specific things. So I'm just gonna kind of tell you about the the lore of it. But I'm not going to go into really specific details. But anyway, you sort of, as things are progressing, it it uses lots of really good, really well staged um, incidents and occurrences that are rooted very much in things that have really happened. Um, and people know about these sorts of things happening so that people's vague knowledge of poltergeist activities people's vague knowledge of how parapsychology works yeah and people are also calling in i'm using air quotations quote quote and getting put on the air now these people are actors but it seems as though they are really people that have called into the switch lines and have come and been put through onto the phone and they're slowly but surely peeling this onion 
of all these horrible things that have happened on Fox Hill Drive. Somebody calls in to say that when they were kids, they used to live nearby and there was a legend that there was a Victorian child killer that used to live on the uh, in a cottage on that site and the cottage was burnt down. Someone else calls in and says, I was a um, social worker in the 80s or 70s or something like that and there was a man that was released from prison who really shouldn't have been released from prison that lived in the house that these this family lives in and goes <laughs> on to detail what evil this man was it was sort of like you know how not very nice i mean it's it's um the man who this this caller describes is meant to be the one who is the ghost now yeah and the ghost's name is pipes and the reason why the ghost's name is pipes is because the mother used to explain to the children whenever the banging was occurring don't worry it's just pipes so the ghost got the nickname pipes which actually is a really scary and really believable nickname for a bloody ghost i love it so much the ghost in my store i call him tapper because that's what he does Mm -hmm. yeah i love i love that yeah, so it's not that mum made up a name. She just said, that's Pipes, so that's Pipes. The story unfolds, and it gets more, it gets crazier and crazier, but it really takes you with it, because everything is really... How do I describe it? It piles it on in just the right amount of getting more and more extreme for you to to feel it build so it doesn't go from suddenly nothing to suddenly crash bang wallop it it builds itself up slowly and one of the cleverest things about it is that it it has easter eggs nice on television right where basically you'll see a apparition of a fucking spooky ass dude standing in the corner of the room for just like a split second and then It'll be gone and they'll carry on and they'll carry on and they'll carry on. And 10 minutes later, maybe Parky will say, I just got a phone call from the public who says that they saw something in the corner of the room. Let's have them on the line. Exactly. So they would call and then they would replay the footage that the person's saying and there'd be no image. There'd be no ghost there. Nice. Nice. And they'll be like, oh, they'll be like, oh, I see what's happening here. The human mind really wants to make shapes and things like that. But what's happening here? It's just the shadow from this, that, and the other. And the people on the phone will be like, oh no, that's not what I thought I saw. But okay, kind of thing. Like you know, like you. Oh, that's what you're saying to yourself rather than the person. It's it's you kind of go. They're 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 trolling you basically. They're trolling you. That's awesome. Into thinking that you're seeing things that you're not, you know, and that that you're actually not. So <laughs> the crux of it, like sort of the, the, the climax of the whole thing, has it that uh, not only is the house severely affected by this ghost, uh, one of the children and the host, Sarah Green, gets pulled into what they were calling the glory hole under the stairs. Ooh. And they get pulled in. and But also chaos ensues in people's homes that are watching the programme, you know air quotes like they're saying they're reporting that there's chaos going on in people's homes yeah and in the studio and the studio goes mad there's explosions in the studio michael parkinson appears at the very end to be possessed by a victorian child killer nice. and then it goes dead yeah right so yeah. and then it just goes dead but then cue credits yeah 
and in the credits it's got actors with their character name and the you know and all yeah. that color one color two yeah exactly and there's this like windy whooshy soundtrack going on in the background and at the very end of the the thing it says like the bbc drama department and then the continuity slide that comes on at the end you know that the slide that comes up and says what's coming up next and there's a person that talks over that that says coming up next on that's those are called continuity a continuity slide so what comes up at the end is a um someone going boy that was scary and if you want to keep the scary theme going for your halloween night there's like and they're promoting the next scary program that's going to be on as part of their scary halloween evening entertainment yeah so there's no acknowledgement like don't worry guys (laughs) that was all not real (laughs) parkinson (laughs) is fine nobody's been sucked to hell everything's fine all right, so here's where the chaos really ensues. I'm going to call it the shitstorm. Nice. According to the writer and creator, what's his name? I've written it down. Uh, Stephen Volk. The crew were having a after party. We're having a party when it aired because they thought it went really well. Yeah. And somebody from the BBC or someone part of their team or something like that that had been manning the phones um, came in and said I think you should probably put the champagne down, there's a shitstorm brewing. <laughs> okay. Um, during the show those phone calls that I was telling you about, that the, the phone lines were real, there really were phone lines open. And yeah. 20,000 people called into the phone lines. 20,000 people called in to these Jesus. To talk about either their own personal ghost story or to report something that they thought they'd seen or to question something that had happened on the programme. They were told by the people manning the lines that they were watching a work of fiction. So those 20,000 people got reassured, don't worry, it's not real. Okay? Yeah. Um, but we'll still listen to your ghost story if you want to tell it to us. Eventually, the com- the, the, the program receives over 30,000 complaints, which is an unprecedented amount of complaints for a television program, a work of fiction. Purportedly, three pregnant women went into labour during the broadcast. Um, someone apparently shit their pants. They wanted, <laughs> they wanted compensation for their trousers. A priest or vicar, some people say priest, some people say vicar, thought they'd actually genuinely conjured the devil in this program. Um, two boys were diagnosed with PTSD. Now, this oh, is shit. actually true. This is true because I've seen the published article on this case. Two years after the fact, they were taken to psychiatric care and it was determined that watching the program had caused this trauma to them. And tragically, an 18-year-old boy's suicide was linked to watching the show. So somebody actually actually died. Now, I'm not going to go too much into that because... um, Mental illness is a lot more complex than I watched a scary program and it made me kill myself. So I'm not going to be buying into that really simple narrative. But essentially it's true that the boy became fixated with the show um, when it was on and he never recovered from the whatever effect the show had had on him. And it was five days later he um, took his life 
rather tragically, and there was a note in his pocket that was talking about how if ghosts are real, then he'll see them later because he'll be a ghost. So there was definitely something there already, Mm -hmm. and there was something that was triggered, and there was something that wasn't right. But this program seems to have, have exacerbated things but as we all know it's a lot more complex than that we can't blame the program for that that can happen yeah, yeah. watching an episode of um Rocco's Modern Life so you know it just it, you don't know what's going to trigger someone yeah but unfortunately it does mean that this show does have a death a death directly linked to it um it was also featured on a program called Points of View with Anne Robinson um you might not know this but Anne Robinson was famous before she did The Weakest Link she was already an established household name. She only yeah, became famous in that. America. Yeah, she was only famous in America because of the Weakest Link program. But she had already that that reputation was earned by her already being part of this show called Points of View and other such things. Basically, where people, um, I think the person who used to do it was called Mary White White House or something like that, or at least a similar show. Basically, where people complain about shit. Yeah. Um. Well, some some rightfully so, some just because they're dumb. Sarah Green had to go on children's television to prove she was okay and to reassure children that she hadn't been sucked down into the dev- like to hell. Oh man! So she literally had to go on to children's television and say, "Look, everybody, I'm okay. No problem. I was just pretending. It was all a big Halloween prank." Yeah. Eleven million people watched this, which is quite a lot of people. Yeah. And it was never aired again. So the BBC banned it. More specifically, they suppressed it. Because in order to get banned, there's a like a very technical thing, like the BF, BFI or something. Have to, so the, sorry, B, something has to get involved, and that never happened. It's just the BBC suppressed it and never aired it again on television. It has not been shown on television since. Still, wow. in 2021. Yeah. But 10 years later, it was released on DVD by the BFI. And 20 years after its original broadcast, there's a documentary available that talks about the making of and the sort of shitstorm that followed. Nice. Now, you might be thinking, what what the actual fuck? Like, what, how did people buy into this? Like, why was there such a massive outrage? And it's still infamous to this day. People are still affected by it because it was quite a sort of big cult, pop culture event. Yeah. So you have to kind of understand something about the year 1992. Nothing like this had ever been done before. Nothing like this had ever been done before. No one had used television as a medium to trick people like this. Yeah. Now, the only other example you can probably think of before this point was the War of the Worlds with yeah. Orson Welles. And shit, you know, that was all, that was radio. So just remembering that uh, nothing like this had been done before. This is before found footage was even a genre. Okay, so the found footage genre was not a thing pre-1992. There's no paranormal television. So there's none of this ghost hunting shows. No, um, nothing where people have tuned in to watch seances happening. This hadn't happened yet. So we're before all of this. It was real people that everybody knew, household names, Parkinson. Uh, Sarah Green, her husband, all those people were well-known, established. Craig Charles, all of them were people that people knew. 
the continuity slides refers to it as a film, but it's a blink and you miss it type of thing. Yeah. It is advertised as a film. The ad campaign talks about it being a piece of drama. But if you don't pay attention to those things, you're going to have missed it. It's purported at the time as a live event, not as a pre-recorded film. You're not allowed to do that anymore. If you're live, you have to announce that you're live. If you're a pre-recorded program, you have to announce. You have to have it constantly in the corner that you're um, pre-recorded if it purports to be live. So, like, if you watch yeah. a repeat of the Late Show, it'll say um recorded yeah pre-recorded in the corner the whole time and if it's going out live it'll say live in the corner the whole time Mm -hmm. um it's extremely well made incredibly well set staged executed filmed really high standard everything seems legit even to people that were like filmmakers it shows the behind the scenes really well there's wires everywhere you know what i mean so it's all it's really is like a behind the uh curtain on how to film how, how they film out in the the real world, you know? Yeah. Those Easter eggs that one uh, made people feel that they were involved, those little tricks where um, that made it, that gave it another air of realis- realism because um, you were sort of thinking, oh, actually, am I actually seeing things? Like, am I getting carried? Oh, they're getting me carried away with it. And you start doubting your own sanity. Yeah. People felt they'd been betrayed by the BBC because the BBC was meant to be trusted. And when you stick someone like Parkinson at the front, they trust what they see. And it yeah. made them doubt whether or not they could actually trust the media. Now, that also led to another point of contention that I think is probably pretty poignant. The writer himself talks about this being a deliberate um aim for the program which was to talk about audience culpability so it turns the lens on the audience because how far will you push real people for the sake of entertainment and your voyeurism so you've tuned in to watch this program where you want to see ghosts you want to see paranormal activity you want to be involved in this event but here's a family who are struggling They are crying the whole time. They are terrified. They are scared. They're being hit. They're being scratched. They're being abused. And you're watching it. And you're being entertained by it. So the whole point of it was to turn turn on people and go, your voyeurism is getting pretty insane. Now, remember, this is 1992. This is before the massive wave of reality television. Obviously, this lesson that the program makers wanted to tell people was not learned was not learned in the slightest because they were so distracted by the fact that they were upset that they were duped and tricked. Yeah. It does leave a really great legacy behind it, though. There's a massive fan base. Um, he, The writer talks about people coming up to him at um, all times of his life, you know, saying that that scared the shit out of me. I loved it. So nice. good. Well done. Yeah. Really great. You know, and it's talking about people that were legitimately scared. The overwhelming majority of people who watched that program will have been scared at the time, duped, or maybe not, but just entertained. And then after the fact, gone, oh, bloody hell, that was good, wasn't it? And got on yeah. with their lives, right? Uh, my partner is one of those people that he watched it when he was 14. 
Um, he was duped the whole time. He thought it was real. It scared the shit out of him. His dad had to tell him, no, that wasn't real. That was a piece of fiction, you idiot kind of thing. Um, but he was, you know, he actually watched it live going out, which is pretty cool. Um, the director and creator of the paranormal, um, activity franchise, he directly, um, refers to Ghostwatch as being an inspiration for the paranormal activity films. And I mean, that's, if that's not a compliment, I don't know what is. Yeah, no, for Um, sure. The Blair Witch Project um, was clearly um, a part of that that movement of the found footage horror genre, yeah. the old old part of that movement. But Ghost, you know, Ghost Watch provided a format in which, sorry, like sort of the proof that you could dupe people even if you were pre- telling them that it wasn't real. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Because I mean, with with Blair Witch. Even just knowing that if it were really about people who actually died and we were watching their actual things, I don't think they would show that in a movie theater. But that didn't matter because this is real, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, it set a precedent that you could trick people in, yeah. in the most ridiculous way. I'm going to get to the biggest one in a second. But the next thing is there has been another program since that has done the same thing but also utilized social media. Now, it won't have happened, uh, it won't have been shown in the US, uh, unfortunately, because I don't think the show itself is is popular over there, but there's a show over here called Inside Number Nine, and it is written by, um, oh, I've gone blank. I'll have to add it later. Insert future <laughs> Danielle here. Yeah. Hi there, future Danielle here. The writers are Reese Shearsmith and Steve Pemberton. And I think quite a few of the facts that I ramble off in a minute are accurate enough that I'm not going to keep interrupting myself. They're not perfect. But if you'd like to know more about this episode of Inside Number Nine, the episode name is Deadline. But uh, just giving you a heads up, you really had to be there. It's not something you can watch in retrospect. But if you want to know about all the dishy details, there's where you can head on Google. Have fun. It's it's got a lot of the people that were in uh, League of Gentlemen. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Same group. Um, they did um an Inside Number Nine episode where um on Halloween, I think it was Halloween. On Halloween, they were going to do a live Inside Number Nine episode where they were uh performing one of their most famous episodes, but live on on Halloween, and it was yeah. it was advertised as a live event that they were going to be uh, trying to do the whole thing in one shot, kind of like in one go and all that sort of stuff. And television used to be live. When television first started, dramas yeah. were formed live. And so it was working on that tradition. But during the broadcast, they start having technical difficulties. And at one point, they go off the air. So they start showing an old episode of Inside Number Nine while they work out what's going on with the technical errors. And this is where the the social media comes in. So the Twitter account is also reporting on how they're doing with the technical problems, how likely it is they're going to be able to come back, nice. things like that. Um, and then 
so the social media goes, oh, come come back to the, the program. We're going to come back on air. We're just going to start where we left off. Da, 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 da. So it comes back on air. And things keep going wrong. The, the social media goes, we're aware of the technical problems. We're just going to just bear with us and just try to get through it. You know, we're going to do our best. But sometimes the cameras might not line up. Sometimes you might see behind the scenes. Sometimes you might see the wrong shots. But we are, instead of instead of just um, cancelling, we're going we're gonna to persevere. Yeah. And all of this, you buy it. It's so well done. You nice. think, oh man, they have fucked this up. And I watched this. Now, I wasn't watching it live from the beginning. I started to watch it when I started reading the tweets about how the live feed was fucking up. And yeah. I was like, oh, I gotta see this, I gotta see this. So we tuned in later and we're watching it happen later on, but we watched it on like delay. So we went and watched it delayed. So, but we still got the experience from it. Don't get me wrong. We still got the experience from it. So we're watching and watching Twitter and watching the program. Everything's going, and it just keeps getting crazier and crazier and crazier. And basically, long story short, you, it takes you a while to realize that this is the show that they're doing. Now, some people didn't twig until it was over that the whole thing had been a work of fiction. Yeah. But I do remember thinking, this has gone too much. This is too far now. I can't believe this anymore. There's like crazy shit going on, <laughs> you know, behind the scenes stuff. People are possessed and all this other stuff. Like the, the, I, I've lost, I've lost belief in this. But people did still keep believing in what was happening. And I thought, oh no, I, I, I remember the point. If there was like a bit where one of them was in one of the sort of prop stage areas, and I was like, I think that they, I think that they're fucking with us. Yeah. <laughs> and. It was excellent. It was so good. It was absolutely perfect. And to the end of it, I was just like, you know, when you actually applaud something. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Just go, that was just great. And then that's when Turner was like, that was like watching Ghost Watch all over again because it, <laughs> it just uh, was so well, well, so well done. And you'll never be able to replicate it. It's one of those things that it has to be live. Yeah. And I think that was one of their points was that that was the that's the way that you have to make entertainment uh, for that sort of group experience, that live event now in the days of streaming, because it's very hard to have that kind of shared experience with people when you, people can watch things on catch up. So one of their kind of morals of this, if you will, was the, the the fact that live entertainment can still really affect people. It wasn't really live. At, at no point was it actually live. And, the, and you know, props to the BBC for letting it happen again, because that could have really gone bad. But I think yeah. that so many people were um, entertained by it and thrilled by it, that there was enough to kind of counter the, the, the small amount of people that probably said that was too scary. And if I remember correctly was on quite late um so we've got um, a 9 p.m watershed um in the uk uh ghost watch premiered at 25 past nine so past watershed but there's still quite an amount of children that are still up at that time and yeah. i don't really remember what time the inside number nine episode came on but i think it was 10 o'clock i think it was late enough that most little kids have gone to bed yeah and also it was never, it was by people that 
do tricky things. It was by people that are 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 really good horror writers and things like that. So you know, in the back of your head that you could be getting duped here. But it was so well done, and how they incorporated social media into it. Oh, it's just beautiful. Nice. Um, because if you, what's the first thing you do when a channel goes wrong? You go to check if the channel knows that it's going wrong. You know, yeah, on yeah. Twitter. So, and the fact that the channel was going, oh, bear with us with these technical problems, you're assured. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. It was great. So beyond all that, inspiring things into the future, that it's still inspiring things today. It also um, inspired a show in the UK called Most Haunted, which is arguably the first ghost hunting television show on TV. It is that whole group of investigators go to a haunted location with quote-unquote scientific experiment uh, scientific equipment tools there's usually a medium there's usually a historian who's um probably a critic and there's the host and there's the experts and that sort of thing and they all go sometimes they take a celebrity guest with them um you know and they go in and they go to houses there have been all not houses but you know locations there have been 299 episodes. Most Haunted starts in 2002. It runs till 2010. Gets cancelled. Moves channels. Re-establishes itself in 2014 to 2019. There's around 299 episodes, which includes live events and internet, you know, like um, web episodes. And it's covered on two channels. And it's got the same host throughout the whole thing, who's a, um, a hostess called Yvette Felding, who's also does, or Fielding, she does um, other programs as well. She was a broadcaster in the UK and her husband, and they're both executive producers and it's an incredibly popular show. Um, and they've got the infamous, if some listeners in the UK will know this guy, you guys might not know this guy, but there's the infamous medium who has been discredited so many times, David Akura. <laughs> I'm fully aware that it's Derek Akura, and I think I say it twice. In fact, I say it four times in total. (laughs) I do apologise. I was wine drunk. Derek Akura. Um, Who still goes around saying that he's a medium and people still give him money. You want to talk about people that are garbage, taking advantage of people, charlatans, real pieces of work Derek Cora is one of those people he he wears he even wears like nasty jewelry Melanie he looks Ew. like a yeah shark. yeah but he has this like strange ability I think it's the same as like you know like there's that evangelical um priest or or what they call preachers who talk about how they get messages from God and they've been yeah. called out many times for having earpieces. And even, even though that people have proven that they have earpieces, pieces, people still believe that they're yeah. hearing messages from God. It's the same thing. So David Akura has been discredited so many times by the show itself. So most haunted hire this, uh, I can't remember his name, but he's like the resident critic and historian. And he, um, <laughs> he deliberately fed David Akura, Akura, whatever you want to call him, false information on two occasions to prove that this guy was full of shit. And on both occasions, David Akura said what this guy had 
fed him as fact and even pretended to be possessed by one of these fake spirits and the 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 critic so the the guy was like i told you he's not real like i I I basically made shit up and it's funny because two of the ghost names that he came up with to try to trick him were anagrams of Derek lies and Derek fake like nice nice it's it's He's been discredited, and yet he's—I still see his flyers. Like he's been at our Marine Hall here in Fleetwood, like doing readings. And you want to stand out front and go, "You are so stupid, people! You're giving yeah, him well, money." Who was who was that guy who was doing the medium uh, uh, on the TV show? We had that like big white room, and he would call out people in the audience. He'd call John people. Stewart. John Stewart, uh, not John Stewart. Um. Crossing over with John Edwards. Yeah, that yeah, that piece of crap. Yeah, yeah. I've seen him. I've seen him live. Oh I went with gosh, my mom. He's the worst. He's the worst. Oh, I went with my mom to see him. Um, and while we were in the queue to go in, they gave us all a questionnaire. I fucking kid you not, Melanie. They gave us a questionnaire that said, "Who do you hope to, um, um, contact in this recording?" Um, what is the like? You know, actually, like asking genuine questions. Like, who do you hope to um reach? Or if like John was to speak to somebody, who would you hope it would be? Kind of thing. Like literally fishing uh, for information. And I refused to fill yeah. mine out. I said, no, I'm not gonna fill this out. Like he's supposed to know if he's a psychic. And they were like, well, you know, you have to fill out your questionnaire if you if you. And then he'll know where you are or something. There was like a reason why they said it. And I was like, it's bullshit. This is, I, yeah. like, I remember thinking that at a very young age, but my mom really wanted to see him and she had all his books and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. My mom was Probably big into it. that. Well, we were big into ghost hunting shows in general. I mean, the first one that we ever saw was uh, ghost hunters in 2004. And what got us about that one is that there are two plumbers, uh, Grant Wilson and Jason Hawes. And, like, they went in there with the intention to sort of disprove ghosts. Um, so, like, so you're hearing knocking, all right? And so they'll check all the pipes and they'll take the EMF reader during the day and, and see where, you know, you're getting spikes in readings and stuff. And they'll be like, well, you do have an open wire here. And so they would, like, genuinely try and – well, look, it seemed like they were genuinely trying to disprove stuff. And then they'd go in later in the evening and do the ghost hunting thing. Um and I love that because it did come in with that modicum of skepticism at at first. And then I think they just sort of abandoned that skepticism yeah. as the show went on. I did notice <laughs> that because it went for a long time. Um, I think that the simple taps, weren't they? Taps, T-A-P-S. Mm-hmm. That was the name of the... Was the show ever called Taps? Or was it just that they their group was called Taps? The yeah, that was just like the name of their band, I guess, or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> their band of uh hooligans but uh yeah no i remember them i remember my mom explaining to me as well like no you they go in and they're skeptic and they try to disprove ghosts and i was like yeah okay sure (laughs) they're they're certainly giving you that impression but yeah later on uh in i definitely uh it went on for a really really long time 2004 to 2016 oh my yeah and then it came back a bit in 2019 um i don't think it's still going though uh but yeah i mean it it had a long run they'd have their specials where they'd go to like you know 
the really the big places like Winchester Mansion and and shit like that and um yeah uh, like first first of all um orbs all right can we all agree can we all agree that orbs are not a thing please you know I'm I am a medium I have worked with spirits I I this is something that I actually do have experience with and you know I'm sorry no just no on orbs orbs big no big load of bullshit no 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 but there wasn't any dust or but there wasn't no no there was dust there's always dust there's always um, dust. and um if if somebody proves to you that something can be replicated exactly by using dust or mist or any kind of you know vapor um you should probably just kind of go okay well even if it is because people are still going to be dumb and they're still going to believe things. So even if it is, I can't use it as evidence. Yeah, yeah. I, it, it could be, sure, maybe, but I'm not going to ever, ever have that as an actual evidence of anything. No, um, not even if you're saying, um, I know that orbs aren't a thing, but here's a picture of an orb. No, just, just there's no, no, no. no need. Well, and, and I've been watching, in order to kind of like get ready for this episode, I've been watching a lot of ghost shows, and I'm watching Ghost Adventures with Zach Brannigan. Um, <laughs> Zach Bagan, Zach Bagel. Um, and God, he's just, he's amazing. It's amazing. But they're, the way that they frame orbs, and, and it's something that I, I totally think is hysterical, is that they will only mention orbs if they're, say, like they set something down, as like a something for the spirit to sort of glob onto to to uh, entice the spirit or whatever, like a hat or something, and then the image will catch a, an orb going straight to that thing that they just put down. I'm like, do you guys know how dust works? You know, it, it moves in the air. So when you put something down, the air kind of goes whoosh, like at where that thing it is. It creates a vacuum. Yeah. Your, your your movements create vacuums and they create um, what if you look really carefully. You'll, oh. see the dust. you'll see the orb go straight to the item that we just placed down and then we'll hear a tapping it's like oh god oh god stop it the orbs just no <laughs> no also because um, insects never land on objects do they no ever no that's that's not a thing um <laughs> it's just oh orbs that that is one thing that will always just drive me freaking up a wall but um, yeah, so so like I, I was big into Ghost Hunters because I loved that sort of skeptical approach to it. Um, Ghost Adventures I can't stand because again, as somebody who is a medium, the disrespect, like just the utter disrespect that this guy has for anything, is just out of this world. Oh, but yeah, they were at, at, in Pennsylvania at Battle Gettysburg. They were in Gettysburg, and there was this one house where a guy who had died of, like, an injury had died in his bed in his room or whatever. And, yeah, he just goes in there and just like, what are you, a coward? You can't keep fighting a war, you pussy? You know, stand up. Fight me. And it's just like, uh, 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 what? And, and he, he goes in and he, like, he senses something. He feels something. And... I'm all, I'm just wondering if at any point has he ever claimed to be psychic? Has he ever claimed to like actually have have some kind of skill in this area? And what drives me absolutely, what what really was driving me was I was trying to find anybody on the internet to debunk these shows, and there's an amazing lack of that. 
because I think they're because they're still so present because they're still happening. They probably just get shut down instantly. Um, but like uh, I was watching one of my favorite things that I've been watching over the last couple of weeks is a show called Celebrity Paranormal Project. And I told told you a little bit about it. Um, but Celebrity Paranormal Project. Hold on, let me figure out what year that was. As you're looking for that, I will say that I think that in the UK, at least, they're protected by the uh, concept <laughs> or they're protected by the rules that state that they, as long as they purport to be entertainment programs, they don't need to um, prove their credibility or anything like that. They don't need to, um, they don't, they don't need to prove that they're real. So if, yeah. if somebody were to prove that they faked something, it's fine because it's entertainment. Because it's been a few times Most Haunted has been called out on stuff and a, and a few other programs. But it just gets erased. Like you said, it just gets erased because um, their lawyers, if you will, will say, well, they never say that they never said that it's real. It's entertainment. I know, but I just want somebody, somebody that worked behind the scenes to be like, yeah, no, I was the guy that was opening that door. I just, I need that. Yeah, I, yeah. I need it. And it's not there. You're supposed to uh, just know. Yeah. Oh, man. But so Celebrity Paranormal Project is my favorite garbage TV that I watched. Um, was basically from 2006 to 2007. And each episode had about five or six quote unquote celebrities per episode where they would send them to uh, a, like a haunted prison or a haunted hospital or, you know, something like that. But you had people like Gary Busey, Hal Sparks, Wee Man, um, Tracy Lords, uh, Coolio. Uh, um, uh, oh, God, who's, uh, Gilbert Gottfried. Why could I not for- remember that? Because that was like my favorite thing. Julio Iglesias. A-list uh, celebrities here. Yeah, yeah, but then you also had people that were from real world. You had people that were on America's Next Top Model. You had a lot of actors from Baywatch, a lot of Baywatch actors in there. Uh, David Carradine. And it was just Danny Bonaducci. It was just fucking genius. It was just the greatest show ever, ever. Um, well, you can probably watch Most Haunted then, because Most Haunted do celebrity specials. They had one where they had like an entire, you know, like girl group. There's a girl group here called Girls Aloud. Oh yeah, yeah. They all they all went on a ghost hunt with Most Haunted. Yeah, Genius. in Edinburgh, I think. <laughs> Genius! I love that shit. I absolutely love it. And oh, oh there was another show uh, called Paranormal State. Do you remember that one? There was this young kid who, you know, when I was a child, I saw a ghost and it's affected me my entire life. And now I'm in college and I'm putting together a group of other students who who've had similar experiences to me. And you know, it was a cute kid. And, and they went to these haunted houses and, and it, the guy felt like he was really trying to help people, which I liked as as somebody who who is in that kind of like uh, I work with that kind of stuff. I felt like his intentions were good. Um, because they didn't go to like the big typically haunted places. They went to people's homes, people who had gone, hey, I need help. My house is haunted as fuck. And so they would go and, and they'd try and research that there. It was cheesy. There was one girl who's like, I'm a Wiccan and I speak to ghosts and I can help here. And they had like the cheesiest fucking psychic named Chip Chip Coffee, who was this like flamingly like gay man. I think he's married with a wife, but I'm sorry, he's very gay. Um and he was he was adorable. 
But he's like, oh, yes. Oh, no, there's a super, super, super angry spirit right here. Oh, it's touching me. It's touching me. And it was just, ah! it was so hard to watch. But I was kind of upset. I was, I love all of them. I do. I hate watch them. It brings me life. Uh, have but, you yeah. watched, sorry, I was going to say, have you watched the Jack Osborne one? No. What's Jack that? Osborne, as in Ozzy Osborne's son, I'm sure he did a ghost haunting show. Or at least he's done like a paranormal show in which ghost haunting has featured. Jack Osborne has in fact done three paranormal television shows. Portals to Hell, Haunted Highway and Fright Club. You're welcome. I don't know, but I'm excited and I'm going to look more into that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many. That's the thing. There's so many, and well, it just America just pumps them out, man. One after another. There was one I watched. I only could watch one episode because it was the worst thing I've ever seen. It was called The Girly Ghost Hunters. Oh boy. Oh wow. boy. Yeah, that was like early mid 2000s, and it's like this, <laughs> all these girls. I'm the smart one. I'm the skeptic, and just just the worst, absolute worst examples of like what we would call when we were in high school we would call them tunas you know just the girls who who wore like the the ugg boots and the leggings and the and they were just you know popular all, type fucking girls they all look the same and swim in schools yes exactly yeah. um this is why we called them tunas yeah you're um, so clever yeah right <laughs> Oh, it was just the worst. But I did find out that there's one that I really want to watch called Amish Haunting, and I'm very excited about that. That's on my list. There is one that I think you'll really like, Melanie, genuinely. And I actually don't hate watch this one because I think that they're great. Um, it's called Knock Knock Ghost, and it's from Canada. And it has a, a drag queen as the main investigator. But he's not in drag when he's on site and there's uh he had an assistant that they kind of played up as sort of very camp but has now um beautifully come out as trans so she's transitioned since the beginning of the show but originally she is a bold gay man but i think uh she's dead named now so i'm trying to remember uh, sorry i don't want to dead name her but i can't remember who what her name is now uh, but yeah. She, yeah she's she's transitioning she's totally um uh transitioned uh from male to female she's 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 cute and uh they're canadian and they do canadian places so it's like the same nice. sorts of yeah same sorts of things but they're in canada it's called knock knock ghost and honestly i think that out of all of the programs that have come out over the last probably 10 15 years in terms of ghost hunting that's that's that one is the probably the top for me i don't actually hate them when I'm, i like them i like them as people yeah. i don't believe a freaking thing but i don't feel it's fake i think that they are genuinely i think they're sincere but nice. i don't know maybe maybe that's just because i like the people and i just think because i like the people i can be quite naive but i that's, recommend yeah. you watch yeah i'll I recommend check it out for sure it. It's 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 uh, it's a good little bit. Even if they are not sincere, it's a good bit of program, a good bit nice. of entertainment. But I do think that they are sincere, and I do think that there's genuine moments where they look fucking terrified. 
like, I want to well, go now. <laughs> I do want to say I can't do this show without mentioning a show that I actually genuinely do love, which is Dead Files. Um, and Dead Files I love for a couple reasons. First of all, the two main people in it, you have a detective named uh, Steve Deshavi. Um, He's like a retired detective, police force dude. Um, and the psychic is Amy Allen. And Amy Allen is the only psychic I've ever seen on any of these kinds of shows that um, works exactly as I do. Um, the way that she sees things, feels things, encounters things, describes things is 100% exactly as I do it. And I've never seen that before in my life. Uh, because to people who are actually who actually do work with spirits and who aren't full of shit and trying not trying to capitalize on our ability or whatever, um, you you just don't see it like that ever. You know, it's it's always these chip coffees and these uh, uh, Steve um, John Edwards kind of fucking people. Amy Allen is is pretty amazing. Um, you know. Because when, when I'm working with ghosts or whatever, um, most of the time I don't encounter ghosts. That's that's not that's not what I'm encountering. I'm encountering residual energy. I'm encountering uh, circumstances. I'm encountering feelings left over. Or I'm encountering other things um, that have never been human. And she'll describe them in the exact same way that I will. I watch that show and I just get chills. Or sometimes I'll just cry. Um and that seems like a bit of a, an over-exaggeration, but no, it hits me hard because I do believe that she's legitimate. And she followed me on Twitter, which is so goddamn exciting. Aww. Oh my God. I followed her and I was just like, oh my God, it's Amy Allen. And I didn't even tweet anything at her, but then like two days later, she followed me back and she's got like a lot of followers and she doesn't follow many people. And I'm one of those few people she follows. So I was like, ah! <laughs> Aww. I've just Googled it so that I can see if it's streaming anywhere here. And I just love all the publicity photos. Have her, like, holding her head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I Super adore cheese. her, though. I love she's, her so I like, much. She looks, she looks rockabilly. Is she rockabilly? Yeah. yeah she's, she's cute. She's cute. Her, her husband, I, I think it's her husband who's the cameraman that goes in with her. Because basically the, the detective goes in during the day. He interviews the family. He gets the history of the house. Um, because the, they're not, again, they're not doing big places. They're doing people, people's homes that need help. Like they're scared in their homes. Um, so he does a bunch of research. He'll go to local historians and he'll, he'll really look up the land and the history of the place and see if he can find anything that's relevant. Um, and then she goes in separately, you know, apparently they don't talk to each other at all. Um, and in the evening she'll do her walkthrough as a psychic and picking up whatever she can pick up. And the only person who's in there with her is, I believe it's her husband, who's got the weirdest fucking hair. Um, I, I don't understand it. Every time I watch it, I just can't stop staring at his hair is and it makes the, me angry. Is this the guy that looks like he should be like in a mafia family? No, no, that's the, that's the detective. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, this show I feel is the closest to legitimate out of any of these kinds of shows I've ever experienced before. But they're not trying to prove ghosts. They're just trying to help families, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not going in there with EMF detectors and, and you know, trying to catch recordings of ghosts or anything. She's just walking through and going, this is what I feel. This is what I'm seeing. And it's really just about 
her collaborating with what the detective digs up on the history of the the property. It's kind of like a different take, and I dig it. So yeah. Cool. <laughs> All right. So before we go, I was thinking maybe we could talk about some of the ridiculous and awesome tools that they use on these uh, paranormal shows. Yes, they um, appropriated scientific hardware that they say can detect uh, paranormal activity. Yeah, or or like when they give them these really really over the top like names for these tools that they have, just just cracks me the fuck up. Um, so you know we have like the EMF detectors, obviously, but I was looking at Ghost Hunters equipment. Um, from the channel that has ghost adventures. Let me see if I can find that again. Yeah, one was called like a video ovalus. I'm like, what the fuck is that? I have questions. My favorite, because it is the most obnoxious of all the tools, is the spirit box, where yeah. it's essentially just a radio that's going through the frequencies really quickly. I enjoy that because it tortures the stupid idiots using it. <laughs> Well, there's one tool they have, I guess they don't have it on this website right now, but where they they enter a question, like they type a question, mm-hmm. and then they receive an answer. Not that they hear the answer, but that they receive it through this little box. I'm like, that is such bullshit. <laughs> it's like... Text uh, to the afterworld. Yeah, the fuck? <laughs> and what's an EM pump? Can you answer me this? What does the EM stand for? Electromagnetic. Pump. Pump. So I imagine that it, it does it let out its own electromagnetic field? Maybe. It's but a why would white, you want that? It's a little white box. It's got a white light at the top and a little switch or a button at the bottom that says off. And just says EM <laughs> pump on top of it. That's, that's all I got. Mm. What does that do? If you're into ghost hunting and watch these shows, can you tell me what an EM pump does, please? Because I, I'm... What? Why would you pump EMs when you're trying to detect electromagnetic interference? I, I'm confused. Perhaps it's a way to um, simulate electromagnetic fields within an, an area so you could see what how your equipment reacts to yeah. electromagnetic fields, but you're using it as like a control, maybe? I mean, that's me using logic, Melanie. And yeah, yeah, these yeah. people um, lack that. So <laughs> I'm just, I'm being really cruel today. I don't know why. But I <laughs> I, I, I just think um, the, the whole concept of using quote unquote scientific equipment, the, it takes a particular leap of logic to yeah. to go from feeling having feelings and and experiencing the paranormal and and spirituality and belief in magic and all those sorts of things to like it takes this leap into like to me into farce into being ridiculous when you start to then incorporate pseudoscience mm-hmm. in terms of equipment like that and I always laugh at them because not laugh, but sort of like roll my eyes at them because um, everything that they use has a purpose other than what they're using it for. So they've appropriated this um, technology. Yeah. And there's no, 
how do I say it? There's no scientific method that's actually gone into determining whether or not those pieces of equipment are appropriate for the job at hand, if you will. Yeah, and and like the whole electro electromagnetic, uh, the the whole EMF thing too is it's just I'm I'm wondering who thought that was a way to detect ghosts because I just don't feel like that's I just don't feel like that's applicable. Mm. I, it's one I, which came first kind of concepts the 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 detection of electromagnetic magnetic fields during a spiritual or like paranormal event or did people introduce like the the technology afterwards and say that it detects paranormal events? Yeah, that yeah. this might help. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know, but my my favorite tool that I see Ghost Adventures use a lot, and I I do love it. I think it's fantastic. Um, they used it in uh paranormal um. Why am I forgetting the name of the movies? Come on. Activity. Par- par- yeah, paranormal activity. It was in one of those. Um, but it was the Xbox uh motion detecting camera where it basically just throws dots all along a wall like you can't see the dots unless it's it's dark when it's dark you can see these dots just all over the wall um and they use that to detect motion because it'll pick up motion or disturbance in the in the air and it is cool i mean when they did it in paranormal activity I nearly shat my pants. I thought that was terrifying, and I loved that. So I think they saw that in Paranormal Activity, like <laughs> a three or something, and went, dude, I bet this totally works. And they do. They they use it a lot, and I'm not going to lie. If I'm if I'm a little, like, buzzed or something, and I'm watching Paranormal Activity, and I see something start moving, you see the, the lines line up on the, on the dot screen because it's picking up the figure of a person, and there's no person there. Oh, spooky. Is is that I don't it's I I don't know but it is spooky and and it is a very very effective tool in in as far as like television goes I appreciate believe me I appreciate that people are trying to prove what they're doing is scientific I think that the motivation is in the right place which is Jesus that scared me that's me only Got delivery of oat milk. <laughs> oh, gosh, I was sort of mid-thought, but... Yeah, and I should mention that my mum was, for a long time, quite an active ghost hunter herself. Yeah, I remember. Um, so, and she still kind of dabbles in it, but obviously not in the last year. Um, but she also appreciates that some of the things that... She says some of the things that go into it are ridiculous and she she doesn't buy into i say most things but she says some things because she you know she's obviously gonna um lean to the side of believing what's going on but she yeah, takes she's gonna, me she's along gonna defend it to a point yeah she yeah. takes me along as well because i find i still find it fun like it is fun to go on a ghost hunt is yeah, yeah. so much fun and even when you're frustrated at other people being completely stupid about things it is really fun and I've I've gone to some really, really great places. I've got to stay like the whole night overnight when it's closed in locations that are some of the most haunted places in the world, like Chillingham Castle. I've yeah. I've spent the night there twice. Like that how cool is that? Ghost hunting in Chillingham Castle? Please. That was like I was gonna pass that opportunity up. Oh yeah. yeah. Um 
So it is really fun. And I appreciate that people try to use quote unquote scientific method. But the problem is, if you're going to use scientific method, you have to use the entire scientific method. You can't yes. just pick and choose which bits you use. So unfortunately, with parapsychology and with um, paranormal uh, studies in general, there's a lot of, um, first of all, a lot of picking and choosing what um, methodology and techniques and equipment are used, including the ability to test and replicate results doesn't seem to matter to um, paranormal investigators. And so if you are going to use a scientific method, the fact that you're not using like the most important part, which is the replicate, the replicate, the um the repeatable, testable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you can't call it a scientific <clears throat> method because that 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 process is really important. Also, um, there's a lot of correlation. Well, um, I think, like, to be a proper ghost hunter, you have to be able to control your reactionary responses. Um, like, I think it... it kind of thrown back to the this horror movie that um, me and Danielle just recently watched called uh, Terrified, where these people, <clears throat> they were not affected by what they were seeing and experiencing. And I think, though this movie is, like, pretty extreme, uh, <laughs> that's the kind of mentality that you need to have going in. You either got to go in, like, dead files and go in as a psychic and just, like, reading the room and feeling the energy or you got to go in like completely science based and be like, all right, I heard a noise. Let's go investigate and uh, <clears throat> let's pretend that it's not a ghost until we can prove definitively that it, it is, you know. Like studying a new species and collecting samples was essentially, you know, like this is a, this is a, um, we have discovered another dimension with other species in it and so we're collecting data and that's exactly that your description is perfect it's that completely sort of objective um and like overly objective because even when things were going fucking crazy they were just like oh just keep collecting samples yeah <laughs> like yeah. Well, no how about we run like the 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 police officer was like the <laughs> smart one going let's get the fuck out of here but you know for the record if you want like a really great terrifying uh ghost movie watch terrified as yeah. uh, friggin fantastic i think that was argentinian i think yes it's oh it's, oh, it's fab yeah it was really good oh. well, um yeah so that, that's very very sort of scientifically objective that's a good point um also the other point that i wanted to make was that um you know like we all have heard the phrase correlation isn't causation and in a lot of um paranormal activity studies and things like that relies too heavily on correlation and you know correlating information so that that like electromagnetic magnetic fields for example is not it's not proven that one caused the other they just seem to correlate with each other but there's a yeah. lot of things that correlate with it so people talk about temperature drops and um you know it going really really icy cold and things like that but there are other things that correlate with that activity so um if you talk about the human brain when there's a sudden temperature drop, um, different parts of your brain are triggered. Yeah. So you may become, I mean, this is not, I'm not saying that this is fact, this is a fact. What I'm saying is that it, it's possible that when suddenly there's a temperature drop, which is actually a natural phenomena, whether or not you want to believe that it is a natural phenomenon. There are pockets of air in our environment that 
create incredible increases and decreases in temperature. It just happens. It's to do with the oxygen density and da 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 da. But that is a real thing. It is, you know, what causes clouds and everything. Come on, guys. But um, you could enter into one of those things and it's coincidentally it's correlated with other activity you can't explain different parts of your brain are triggering so you're more likely to have a paranormal experience because you put yourself in that position so that's a really important thing to know why it can't be scientific because too much of what you're going through under those circumstances is psychological and um part of your inner world like your mm-hmm. sort of instinctual um animal brain part yeah. and your feelings so that kind of thing can't be measured that's more a thing for humanities you know i'm not saying that it can't be a the research field by and and i'm not saying it can't straddle science you know and do it be a social science but um if you are going to say that it's uses scientific method you have to use all of the scientific method or you have to say it's not a science and you have to say that it's a humanities so you know (laughs) i i would i would happily accept parapsychology and paranormal studies or whatever into the world of academia if you will if it were to be honest with itself and say that it's not a science it's a humanity and uh it should be studied that way in terms of the human experience rather than uh a scientific theorem yeah well and and like with with parapsychology in general i prefer to think in parapsychology as more like the dead files uh side you know people say parapsychology because they're ghost hunters and well no psychology in that's more like the study of the the intentions and mind and and uh you know just like the emotions of the situation where you're you're trying to dabble in sort of like the pseudoscience that's that's not it. Parapsychology, to me, as somebody who always wanted to be a parapsychologist growing up, that was more about figuring out why a place was haunted and figuring out how to make it less haunted, like how to heal that um, as, as a pagan. And again, as somebody who who's dabbles in that stuff, you I would rather... You're talking about human experience and human behavior. Absolutely. Yeah, I would rather figure out how to unhaunt a house, whether it be helping the people who are living there oh, to see, resolve yeah. their own stuff, um, which would make the place feel less oppressive and feel less ominous, uh, instead of going, I have video evidence of an orb and it is proof that your house is haunted and you should burn it to the ground and get a priest. It's just like, damn, no, no, that's not, that's not what parapsychology is to me that the emf reading that's not parapsychology that is ghost hunting and it's a whole different thing (laughs) to be fair to be fair i think that to be fair i'm going to be fair on ghost hunters real ghost hunters people i think that what we see in media from the travel channel and from the history channel and all of that that jazz that's a really extreme pumped up entertainment version of ghost hunting yes. and i think for the most part people like you and me who want to go out and try to prove the existence of ghosts because it's comforting to think that maybe the, that the soul continues after death um and that there's something you can do about it as well that you can interact with the other side that's a huge part of the motivation behind people wanting to uh ghost hunt is that sort of proof to themselves that you can interact with the dead which is a really comforting thought 
because if you can interact with them that means they can interact with you mm-hmm. so it's very nice thought but I think for the most part actual people out there doing things are not claiming more than the sum of their parts I do think that they okay. are yeah I think because all the haunts that I've been on and I actually have been on a lot I can't count how many I've been on I've been on a lot because I used to accompany my mom um but she obviously she goes on her own as well with groups there was actually a time where she was an official on the official team on the, the Queen Mary yeah I think I remember you telling me that yeah just for a short period of time she was part of that they were called like uh spin or something like that um and they were the official ghost group on the Queen Mary but uh that was only short-lived but it was um every hunt that I've been on there's always been like one or two people that just take it a little bit too far they've got all like their equipment and they've got um they're making bold claims and big they're talking big and stuff like that tend to be men but for the most part yeah but for the most part I think that people are just kind of there for the experience there and then so they want they don't necessarily want to prove it into the future they don't want to prove it to anybody else they don't want to have a um, you know they don't want to end up on the they're not really there to 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 prove ghosts they're there to have the experience for themselves and just to to see it for themselves and to prove it to themselves because actually at the end of the day that's what's important to them is that they continue to believe this idea of yeah. ghosts um and there's something very i mean it's religious in its it's faith based you know and uh who you know i kind of i'm being very glib but i just wanted to end it on a on a note that although i can be cynical and flippant underneath all of that i'm definitely supportive of people doing it and um yeah and i definitely i just don't like the exploitation of people so there is a line that that gets crossed into convincing people to part with loads of money and with worldly goods and sometimes with their own freaking sanity in order to um you know and i'm not i'm not for that but paying 50 pounds to go on a ghost hunt overnight at a haunted library or something with yeah, silly fun. table tipping and shit like that that's fun that's fun yeah. um and it's and also if you think you see a ghost by the end of that and you leave going oh my god i believe in ghosts like a hundred percent now there's no doubt in my mind then sure but it's when people go really extreme that I, and and go this is the scientific method that i've used and make big claims no yeah. sit down sorry you're full of beans <laughs> yeah. but I still love that they exist because I am fascinated by it like you said right at the beginning we we hate watch yeah. <laughs> well and again you know I, I have I do have a very different perspective um, because I have in my life maybe encountered three things that I believe were actual spirits of actual dead people um and i've got like 300 different experiences i can tell you about uh most of the time i'm experiencing just you know uh, the energy that sort of manifested into its own form and that that is actually more common than anything if you have a house that has been full of just rage um and somebody died there i don't think the person that died there is actually there but their rage is so 
pervasive and has been feeding rage, has been feeding more rage for so long, it starts to almost take its own kind of form. And that's the type of thing that I encounter more than anything. Um, or things that are drawn to really bad energies or really strong energies, things that were never human and weren't just manifested out of dust. These are the things that I experience. I don't think that ghosts, the actual spirits of actually, because that's really sad to me. That would be extremely depressing to me. If somebody I loved and I encountered their spirit, I would be heartbroken because I would want more than anything for their spirit to move on. Yeah, I've thought this as well. Like, I do understand that people, um, you know, would be comforted by the idea that that the soul carries on but the the next thought after is but you can get trapped on earth yeah in a room how awful in a place that, that is awful <laughs> and you can just be trapped there forever and ever and ever and ever do you want that like and then that just something? like go insane to be like this insane spirit just trapped in this planet because everyone that you knew and loved died a hundred years ago and nobody even really knows your name they're calling you fred and your name may be like johan and you're just like <laughs> That must drive you freaking insane. That would be awful. My heart would be broken. And and thankfully, in all my experiences, I very rarely encounter that. And when I do, these these spirits are just they're not they're not who they were. And it's you know it's I would never wish that on anybody, <laughs> you know, on anyone's spirit. That's just awful. So my my perspective is different because yeah, a lot of people do go into this hoping that. If they can prove that ghosts exist, that means that they can speak to their loved ones. It's like, no, no, no. You should want to hope that your loved ones have moved on. You should want to hope that your loved ones, if they believed in heaven, you would want to hope that they're in heaven. Not here. This is as far from heaven as you could possibly get. You know, or if you believe, like I do, like in reincarnation or just that your spirit moves on and becomes more energy to be something else. Like, I would want that for somebody I love more than anything. Do not get stuck here. That's heartbreaking and awful. Wow. We all know what I think. This is all a simulation and ghosts are just errors in the machine. Yeah, <laughs> they're just glitches. They're glitches. <laughs> there are other people playing the game and they just happen to over, you know, it's old saved layers of the same game. Yeah, I'll never stop completely that. wiped. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I can't tell you why it freaks me out so bad, but it does. I just, I hate it. It's not any more ridiculous than any of the other theories and ideas. No, not at all. They're they're all equally ridiculous, and they all hinge on faith, and faith comes in so many different flavors. You know what I mean? So that's that's why I think that whatever you believe is real for you. Um, If that's like what you're truly believed deep down in your soul, then I believe that that is where spirit goes like i was talking to a customer uh about um uh about something like this and i just mentioned you know our episode about uh what was it uh near-death experiences mm-hmm. and how many people when they have these near-death experiences they experience this heaven that they believe in um and it's because most of the studies were on more western more christian um or judeo-christian uh white people for the most part um, but there are people who would have these near-death experiences, and their experience is very different because it doesn't have that pearly gate kind of heaven. Because that's what your brain feeds. That's what your your brain tells 
your your spirit tells your faith tells your brain to give you in those moments before death um and I, I think that's like sort of the best way to view religion your spirit your faith your gut tells your brain where it goes and i think that's where it goes yeah so yeah that's my my little opinion got a little religiousy there but sorry <laughs> it, would, it would be true if it, it, i would i would that would 100 percent be true if then after that moment that you reach that heaven or pearly gates or whatever like that just before the moment of death everybody gets exactly what it is they expect and then you just die and then there's nothing and then there's so nothing. everybody 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 is right <laughs> because yeah you got exactly what it was you expected right before death your brain is at ease your mind is completely at comfort and then the light goes out and you're yeah and, gone. and i think i think that there are good people who believe in heaven and hell and want to believe that they'll go to heaven but if they know they know in their heart of hearts that they are bad then i think in those last few moments before complete brain death they do go to hell um or their version of hell because their soul their spirit believes so firmly that that is where they're destined to go i don't know i i, I feel like that's like a really important thing to keep in mind <laughs> with with this kind of stuff um but yeah my my, my main point here was just like i i don't believe that ghosts as deceased life forms are common and i think ghost hunting is doing it wrong by making that their biggest like the, that point that they hinge on you know what i mean uh i think detecting remnant energies would be a much more valuable uh directive if that makes sense i think actually testing things properly like actually get scientists involved actually scientists that put a hypothesis forward ask questions use a scientific method and then test and repeat actually get, get scientists yeah, but, you know, I have reason to believe that there probably has been proper scientific studies done and either they are classified or they didn't amount to anything, which mm. I think the latter is probably more likely because I think that that kind of human experience is not measurable. So I think it's internal. Yeah. yeah, like if the government tested everything and found that there was no laugh afterlife, they wouldn't tell us no. because they have to keep us in some sort of modicum of complacency and you know, hope. It's also the fact that actually, oh God, I can't believe I say this. Religion actually, um, religion and morality actually, actually makes people better people because it, it's oh, totally. social. So it means that you are more likely to care about your fellow man if you have a faith and you're more likely to, um, like actually like vote for policies that are more inclusive and things like that. so like the basically the better the the better the more religious faith-based person you are you're more likely to be a more inclusive and thoughtful person decent person yeah yeah um in theory yeah, yeah. That's the thing. it's, it's so that we kind of need religion to stick around because we've got such a big society that we need to think about the group as a whole rather than just like individuals so yeah, individualism is is not great and that's not saying that atheists aren't good people because they don't have that religious-based moral compass i think atheists are awesome people because they realize they don't need that uh, yeah, faith-based moral compass their, to be a good person yeah they shift their their um pro-social attitudes towards things like environmentalism and uh like the sort of greater good in terms of compassion and things like that but it does it's not faith-based it's um hu 
human fairness based. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's exactly uh, correct. Like, I am not a faithful person. I have no religion, but I am incredibly um, affected by the plight and injustice of other people so it's not it doesn't take but then i have been raised in a society that is uh informed by religious it's part of our culture whether you're religious it's part of our culture yeah 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 Yeah. but our culture is based on the structures of our culture the structures of our social intersocial relationships and everything like that is based on quite big religions so yeah. i can't escape the fact that my my life has been um sculpted by uh religious practice um, yeah. whether or not i'm faithful or not right well <laughs> i could talk forever and ever on this subject especially with you melanie so we should wrap it up huh <laughs> this is my topic now this is we're talking about existential philosophy and yeah yeah <laughs> I, th- I don't think you can talk ghosts without at least dabbling in existential philosophy. Because right? <laughs> you're talking about me, spirits and, and souls and shit. Like you're just gonna you're gonna drift that direction anyway. It was inevitable. It's bound to happen. Yeah. I have a lot of words for for saying in this subject. <laughs> anyway, so I really um I really 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 could talk forever and ever and ever, but. I do think we should probably wrap up. You've got to go do mum things, and I've also got to go um, buy some bananas. So, all right. Do you want to do social media? <laughs> if you like this, if you have any sort of like ghost hunting stories, if you want to tell me what the hell an EMF, uh, what was it, an EM, that EM. thing, what was it, probe? Um, no, pump. Pump. Yes. If you want I to tell me what the hell, I wish she was a probe. They, they do. They have EMF probes, but it's just like a little microphone. I think you just jab and vapor or something i'm not sure but if you want to tell me what the fucking emm pump is please do it um hey 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 hold on hold on hold on if you are a ghost hunter and you listen to this program we will have you on for an interview totally please let's talk ghost hunts we can we can drag this out man we'll keep going so yeah absolutely uh hit us up on our facebook our instagram or our twitter at zombie fishbowl or zombie fishbowl podcast we are easy enough to find also please give us some more topics like we mentioned like daniel mentioned in the beginning if you send us a topic we will put it right at the top of our list whatever subject we pick tonight we will just completely ignore for the sake of whatever topic it is you throw at us so um do that you can also hit us up on our email zombiefishbowlpodcast at gmail.com we love you and um yeah, also, leave us reviews, stars, all that fun stuff. Please, I'm under-caffeinated. I'm sorry, I'm going on the seat of my pants here. Um, and we'll we'll go and get a topic, unless you guys change our minds. Right, so I'm going to randomly pick one for the time being. So, randomly chosen topic. <laughs> randomly chosen topic. This week is... Okay, so this next topic is um, horoscopes, astrology, cosmology. Oh, okay. Nice. So I have, like, the um, astrology, cosmology is horoscopes, right? It's all the same thing? Because why have I put cosmology there? Because cosmology is a part of astrology, right? I think so. And, a, and horoscopes are a part of astrology. Yes. 
Well, we'll find out during our research whether cosmology is correctly associated with astrology and horoscopes. I think that it must be, but cosmology must have some kind of different thing. Is this interesting to you? Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like we can equally uh, have fun with it, shit on it, and also, you know, maybe uh, maybe dig it a little bit. So I think it can be fun. So I guess <laughs> right, we both so, kind of struggled with quotes this week, right? Yeah, but I had an idea. I was going to do a quote, but now I've thought maybe I would give our listeners maybe an activity to do. Oh. Which might be a little bit different it's just a little brain activity a little bit of um imagination activity yeah. <laughs> melody has no idea where i'm going with this no. but i want you to close i want you to close your eyes and i want you to imagine that you're on a ghost hunt and that you're all sat in a circle and that the door to the room that you're in keeps opening and closing and opening and closing so you begin talking to the door open if you're a girl and close if you're a boy and the door closes <gasps> oh my gosh it's a boy and now you say um open the door again if you died when you were 12 the door doesn't move open the door if you died when you were 13 the door doesn't move Open the door if you died at 14. The door opens. Oh, my gosh, it's a 14-year-old boy. And now imagine that ghosts do not exist and that you've been talking to a door all night. <laughs> the end. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> that, that, to me, is the epitome of comic, like, farce. Right oh, yeah. I just think that's so funny. Just imagine ghosts exist and then observe human activity on a ghost hunt. Hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> what about uh, you, Melanie? Do you want to leave everybody with uh, a thought? Uh, no, not really. Because the only the closest I could come to any kind of quote was watching Gilbert Gottfried being told that he needed to go into a prison cell with Tracy Lords, and uh, and he goes. Uh, I don't want to do that. And it was just... <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> Gilbert Gottfried is all of us. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, fabulous. That's great. Yeah. Okay. That's a good way to end. I hope everybody's laughing. Yeah, um, so good. <laughs> that I'm is our saying... aim, is to entertain you guys, so... Yeah. All right. We love you. We will talk to you next time about astrology and why um, Aries are monsters. And uh, and as a Capricorn, I'm always right. And it's going to be it's going to be fun. Okay. <laughs> and I'm going to try really hard not to be an asshole. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> no, I'm going to probably be a little bit of an asshole about it, too. So, you know, I apologize. I think I, we both kind of apologize in advance. <laughs> there's a there's a you know that line i talk about that people cross into being ridiculous yeah astrology crosses that line yeah yeah it's it's a it's a fine line because i mean there's 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 some things that you can't uh no. <laughs> yeah okay fine we'll talk about it later all right we love you we'll see you later <laughs>
and have a beautiful day, night, morning, time. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>